you could turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. Uh, we're in our study of uh, the book of Matthew. And last week we looked at uh, John the Baptist. He had some concerns about if Jesus was truly the Messiah. And uh, Jesus' response to him was go uh, to his disciples, go and tell him what you have seen. Tell, tell John what you have seen. And this will reassure him. And now Jesus is going to turn to John the Baptist and talk about, uh, talk to the people about him particularly, who he was and what he has done. And uh, I'm going to kind of continue this passage next week and talk about some other things that I want to talk about. But especially on a Children's Sunday, I wanted to bring out some specific things uh, that would relate, relate to all of us from the youngest to the oldest. Let me pray and just ask God's blessing on our time. God, thank you for this morning. Uh, thank you for the events of the, this last weekend and just how kind you are and merciful to us. God, I thank you for the partnership that you give us in marriage, uh, for your invention both of marriage and family offspring, uh, that you don't leave us alone, but you bring us together with family. And I, I know that that's not perfect because we live in a sinful world, but uh, it's part of your design. I thank you for the family of the church, your people, and I ask that you would help us to treasure it as you do, um, that we would see these relationships once again, not perfect, but ones that are we're needy of. God, I know that we like to find ourselves as independent people, uh, doing our own thing, taking care of ourselves, and Lord, uh, that was not your plan. That was not your intention. Your intention was that we would live among one another encouraging one another in this life. God, as we look to your word, I ask that you would uh, guide us through this, that you would make this effective in each of our lives, uh, that we would know you better, that we would realize how great it is to be um, in relationship with you at the cost of your son. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Have you ever gone out onto the playground? Have you ever uh, tried to figure out who everyone was around you? And you size people up. You uh, look at uh, just the size of them. They're taller than I am. They're stronger than I am. They're shorter than I am. They have more hair than I do. They have less hair than I do. They, uh, their clothes, you watch, you look at their clothes and you say, oh, uh, they're wearing sports gear. They must find themselves to be sporty. Uh, they have new clothes or old clothes. They have bright clothes. They're trying to draw attention to themselves. I'm not pointing at anyone this morning if you're wearing bright clothes. Um, uh, when you're a kid, you, you see things sometimes. And there's particular things you see. Sometimes you see shoes. Oh, they have uh, a particular kind of shoes. Socks are really big right now. I don't know if you know that. Uh, guys and girls, socks are really big and very expensive too, okay? Just saying, okay? Uh, sock, and you size people up uh, kind of on the playground. You're looking at them. You're wondering where you fit in. You're wondering uh, who's the greatest. Who's the greatest? Who should be looked to? Um, and that's kind of the point of this passage this morning. 
as we consider who John the Baptist was, who, what kind of person he was, and what kind of messenger he was for Jesus about his kingdom. Um, when you think about who's greatest, what you're asking is, who should be listened to? Who should be followed? Who is the one that I should uh, pattern my life after? Listen to their message. Do what they say. Um, and that's the question this morning as we look at uh, Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, like I shared with you, uh, we already looked at uh, the first six verses. And this morning we want to look at verses, uh, just a few verses, 7 through 10. If you want to open up your Bibles to that, kids as well. Uh, uh, if you could grab, if you didn't bring your Bible, I want you to grab one in the pew rack in front of you and uh, find Matthew. He's a, if you got the Old Testament, the new, then the New Testament, and then Matthew's the first book in chapter 11, and we're looking at verse 7 uh, through 10. If you want to stand in honor of God's Word, I'd love to read it for you. And as they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. Uh, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. When did you go out out to see? A man dressed in, in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I I send my messenger before your face. Who will prepare your way before you? Truly I say to you, among those born of a woman, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. You may be seated. We're going to focus on who was the messenger. And it, kids, if you don't know who John the Baptist was, before Jesus, people really knew that he was the one that was to come to be the, 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 the new king of his kingdom. Before they knew that, there was a man who went out to the wilderness he wasn't right in the city, but he, he went out to the wilderness and he began preaching. And people came to him to listen. And they went outside of the city and they went out to go visit him. Now, uh, how many of you have been into like a heart of a city, like a, a, a big city? Now, I'm not talking about Tehachapi. I'm talking about like a real city, like with lots of people and stuff like that. We we did some traveling this summer and it's interesting there. For, for almost every city, there's people uh, who maybe stand on a corner and they want to share a message or they, they have a show and they're kind of street performers and stuff like that. You can find them everywhere, almost in any city. And we happened to be in Boston and uh, we, we saw a couple of these and we were just kind of killing time and we stood around and we watched and they had different tricks that they were doing. They were juggling. And one guy wrapped himself in a rope and he was getting, you know, getting free from it. And it was somewhat interesting. But the reason we watched 
was not because we were, oh, I just can't wait to see this guy. I'll travel. He was just there. We happened to be there, and he happened to be there. And we were killing time, and so we watched. But this is different. John the Baptist, he was in the outskirts. He was in the wilderness. They came out to hear of him. And as more people heard, more people came. Uh, it describes him in, uh, earlier we looked at this uh, quite a few months ago in, in Matthew chapter 3, the first uh, four verses. It says this of him. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who is spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And then it says this of his description. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. And his food was locust and wild honey. Uh, It gives us that description. Uh, God wants us to know that uh, he kind of maybe looked a little freaky. Uh, He wasn't wearing fine clothing. He wasn't one of means that he was eating uh, fine foods. He was eating, you know, grasshoppers and honey, stuff he could find out in the wilderness. And there wasn't a sense of fine clothing. And you wonder, then why were they listening If someone looks a little weird, if they don't seem like we think they should seem, most of the time we won't go, that's a guy I want to listen to. In fact, when you're on the playground and you see someone who's a little different, there's a tendency for us to go, I don't know, I don't know. His shoes don't look right. His socks don't look right. Uh, That's the way we feel. I want to encourage you kids. Uh, there's a phrase, it's not in the Bible, but it says, don't judge a book by its cover. I think it's easy for us to get fooled when someone has the right socks or has the right hairdo or something like that, to think that they are something because of that. Uh, and even in our passage this morning, we're going to look at kids. We're going to see that uh, that's not what's important. In fact, uh, John the Baptist, as he maybe looked a little different, he was in a different place, maybe even ate a different diet. Uh, We see uh, that he was a messenger sent by God. And as they uh, as Jesus, uh, John's in prison, uh, the, the disciples had come. They said, John's wondering about you in those first couple of verses. Uh, Jesus says, tell him what you've seen and heard. Put his mind at ease. He goes, and then as they leave, they said, let me tell you about John, the one whose disciples just came. Let me explain to you how great he was. And in verse 7, he he turns to them and he explains, and he, he points out a couple of things. As you look down at the Bible, it says, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? Some of them would have either have gone or they would have known that there were that that guy who was preaching out the wilderness. And he asks the question, he says, why did they go out into the wilderness? Why did you or your your friends, why did they go out in the wilderness? And they would have said, well, he had a great message. You know, the message was something that was drawing us to go out to the wilderness. And he said this, um, he asks this question. He suggests, was was he a reed shaken in the wind? 
Now, it, it points to this, this idea of a reed. Um, they would have been familiar with this. It's kind of like tall gla- grass. And in the midst, you may have seen these maybe even down by the lake here. The, the, the idea of this reed that's in the midst of this grass. And what happens when the wind blows? They just kind of go like this. They go like this. And they just keep going back and forth. And it's a picture. It's a picture of that which changes all the time. This is not a flattering picture. This is not something that, uh, kids, you know it. Um, sometimes when we feel insecure, kids, when we're struggling with who we are, uh, on the playground, uh, you sit, you show up and you, you say, hey, uh, um, you, you want to you play, you play soccer today? And you're real excited. Yeah, I love playing soccer. And someone says, soccer's dumb. And you go, yeah, yeah, soccer is dumb. Who would ever play soccer? I like basketball. And yeah, everyone likes basketball. So everyone runs over. And then a couple days later, someone says, oh, basketball's dumb. Yeah, yeah, I, I hate basketball. I'd never play basketball. What should we play next? You know. And he, he gives this picture of John the Baptist. And he asks, was he the type of guy that just changes back and forth, whichever way the wind blows? Was he a flip-flopper, someone who changes his ideas and opinions based upon the crowd who were to come? Uh, for those of you who maybe are familiar with this, I, I already read it. What was, uh, what was John's message? Repent, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change, change. You need to change. Now, kids, I want to tell you, if you want to uh, get people to listen to you and gather a lot of friends, this is the way to do it. It's the wrong way to do it, but this is the way to do it. Just tell them that they're the best. Tell them that their opinion, even when it's wrong, is right. And just keep going, yeah, you're the greatest, you're the greatest, you're the greatest. And everyone will say, oh, yeah, I like that guy because he tells me exactly. John the Baptist did not do that. In fact, he told them a message that was hard for them to take. Repent for the kingdom of heaven. Repent, you know what that means, kids? It means the idea of change. It means the idea of giving up your ideas for the right ideas, of leaving your wrong answers behind. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he he says, tell me about your messenger. As I think about John, he was not a flip-flopper. He wasn't someone like a reed shaking in the wind, just kind of bending around, always changing, because the wind was always changing. It was not John. He was not that guy. And then you look down at verse 8. It says, uh, what then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? He's saying, hey, was it his clothing that attracted you to him? <clears throat> you know, when, uh, <clears throat> when you go out clothes shopping, most all of us, most all of us, I would say like over 100% of us here this morning, okay? We want to say something with our clothing. <clears throat> and and you say, well, not me. I don't care what I, I, I wear. That's what you want to say with your clothing. You have a look, you know. Uh, in the last 
20 years or so, there's even like, uh, it's almost like you can buy used clothing new. I don't know how that works, but, um, but you want to communicate something by the, what you're wearing. <clears throat> and you might want to communicate that you're sporty. You might communicate something that uh, you are educated or wealthy or uh, you're part of a certain crowd, a certain group. You, you want to communicate something with what you wear. And what he's connecting here is he he said, as you looked at John the Baptist, as you looked at his clothing, what did he communicate? And he says, he says, let me tell you about soft clothing, the nice clothing. Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. And as they went out to John the Baptist, they go, this is not a king. This is not a smart guy. This is not someone that is attractive because of his clothing. And yet, Jesus is pointing to this man, John, and his message is saying, he was sent for you. He was sent for you. Kids, don't judge a book by its cover. Think through not just what you can see, but also the message that they bring. And as they they heard the message of John, they realized that it was the message that they needed. It was the message that pointed them to Jesus. He was their messenger. You look down at verse 9, you realize that he was also not just their messenger. He was a special messenger. As you look down at God's word, it says this. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? And the answer is yes, he was a prophet. Now you wonder, uh, what is a prophet? A prophet is someone who is sent by God with a message to a particular people. Uh, it is someone, some have said this is kind of like uh, the, the one who works for the post office because they deliver the letter. But it's much more than that. It's not so much a letter, but as they've been told the message, they are to give the message. And so John was a prophet of sorts. But he, but he says this, um, he says, yes, I, 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 I tell you that the answer is yes, he was a prophet, but more than a prophet. Like he was a special prophet. Even if you look in the Old Testament and throughout the scriptures, you see different people at different times were sent with a different message. And what Jesus is saying is he's saying, yeah, there were all kinds of prophets and John the Baptist was one of them, but much more than that. And it's not just the idea of a little bit more, a little bit more. Uh, kids, school starts and stuff like that, and you have to take tests, and sometimes they grade the test. Almost always they grade the test, which is kind of a bummer sometimes. But you get a grade, and they make it a math thing, and uh, you say, well, you know, sometimes kids compare and say, hey, what'd you get on that test? And he says, oh, I, I did pretty well. I, I got an 88%. And someone else goes, ha, huh, I whooped you. Oh, what'd you get, 89%? We got just a little bit more, just a little bit more. The idea of this word here is not just uh, that it's just a little bit more than a prophet. It's abundantly more than a prophet. It's, it's in a much greater way that he was a prophet, that there's something extremely special about who John was as he came. And then in verse uh, 10, it says this, 
This is he of uh, of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. And what that is, kids, is this. It's a connection to the Old Testament, which was written long before the book of Malachi. And what it is, it's pointing. Jesus is connecting the dots from that which was foretold that this was going to happen. This was part of his plan. In Malachi chapter 3, one's going to come and he's going to prepare the way. And so they were always looking for the one that was going to come to prepare the way for the one, the Messiah that was to come. And Jesus says, John, he was the one. He was the one who came to prepare the way. So this is special. This is a special messenger. And when you think about this, I, I don't know, kids, when... When you think about who John the Baptist was, sometimes I go, when I read the scripture, I go, man, the people in the Bible, these are the heroes of faith. These are people that are so amazing. And they lived in incredible times and they lived in the Holy Land. I don't know if they called it the Holy Land back then, but uh, they, they lived in those times in these amazing places. And I live in Tehachapi. I mean, how insignificant can you get? I live in Tehachapi. It's a really nice place between Bakersfield and the Mojave Desert. Not very good for the marketing material, right? Uh, And you go, man, I, I feel so insignificant. Jesus is making a point that John, uh, was a a messenger that had an incredible message and he came as a special part of the plan of God, the history, that this wasn't just an accident, but that he was part of the prophecy of that which is to come. So he was a special messenger. And then the last thing I want to tell you about this one who is a, this messenger is verse 11, that he was the greatest messenger. The greatest. Now, uh, we always have a tough time uh, deeming someone the greatest we 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 have a easy time saying it but then the argument ensues who is the greatest uh coach that ever lived who is the greatest president that ever was who was the and and there's always this argument and so then we we've been using this for a while now it's come up in the news the mount rushmore right uh, now we're narrowing it down to a few, right? The, of the few that were the greatest. But then you read this and you see that Jesus is saying, let me tell you who's the greatest. I know. And you go, okay. Verse 11. Verse 11 says this. Truly I say to you, among those born of a woman, meaning everybody, there has arisen no one greater than than John the Baptist. No one. And you say, wow, this makes him something special. As you look at all the men and all the women that were uh, recorded in the Scripture, apart from Jesus himself, he says, no one was greater than John the Baptist. You say, this is different. This takes him as this messenger that had a, a peculiar message. This messenger who was a prophet, who was a special prophet. And now he says he's the greatest messenger, the greatest messenger that there ever was. 
But this is the thing that uh, I want us to see this uh, this morning, kids of all ages. In the middle of verse 11, I want to say it this way. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. You look at this and you say, John the Baptist, you know, he was this amazing guy, this amazing messenger. And yet Jesus tells us this very important thing for us to remember in the midst of reading the scripture. He said, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. He says, we keep on getting stuck down here talking about this world. Who's the greatest? And this is what we do all the time, isn't it? Who's the best? Who's the greatest? Am I better than you? Are you better than me? And how can that be? And if you're better than me, I want to talk about something else where I can somehow be greater than you. And we're always concerned about who's the best, who's the greatest. And undoubtedly... uh, These people who are hearing were struggling with that as well. And Jesus says, let me tell you who the greatest is. John the Baptist. And then he says something that just, they were tracking with him. They go, okay, I'm not the greatest. And then he says something. Yet, in my kingdom, the one I'm calling you to, in relationship with me, in in communion and fellowship with me forever, even the least, even the least, is greater than John the Baptist. Um, What Jesus does here is he takes our standard. He's on the playground and he's, he's leveling things out and everyone's looking at who's the best. He says, right there, that guy's the best, John the Baptist. Okay, we know who's the best. And he says, but I want you to know that down here he might be the greatest, but in my kingdom, even the least, even the least important is greater than him. What's happening here is this, that Jesus is communicating how different his kingdom is. And he shares with them that he says, you just want to be in my kingdom. You just want to be with me. That's the only thing you should care, care about is just being in my kingdom. You know what? Uh, We pursue a lot of different things. We pursue greatness and we pursue being better than people. We pursue money that would somehow give us status and, and, and comfort and all these different things. And Jesus tells us, you know what? To be in my kingdom is the greatest for you. This morning, I hope that you're encouraged to reevaluate what's important to you at at any age. uh, I know that uh, dads are probably the most struggling group here. Uh, I know that because I'm a dad. And I know we struggle with many things. We want to be known as the greatest. I want to tell you that you, you don't need to worry about being the greatest. You need to be worried and concerned about being in the kingdom of the Lord, the least in his kingdom that that's the relationship that matters most for us. Why don't we spend a few moments just considering this, and then I'll pray and just ask God to cement these things into our heart. Please bow your heads.
God, forgive us for our pursuit of being great in and of ourselves. Forgive us for uh, judging people and valuing them based upon uh, external things that don't matter. God, I pray that as we have considered John the Baptist, who he was, and how you made him great, that we would be struck and shocked knowing that just being in your kingdom will be greater than that. God, help help us to value what it is to know and follow you. Thank you for your son, Jesus, the king. God, stir our hearts that we might follow you faithfully and seek your kingdom above all else. We thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here today. Uh, You are dismissed.